Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hello everyone, welcome to today's interview episode. Today I am really excited to be introducing Banana Text, which is the world's first biodegradable waterproof fabric made from banana plants. In this episode, I sat down with Hannah Schuenager, which is the CEO and one of the five co-founders of Banana Text and his parent company, Question, to talk about this innovation. We talked about the future of fashion, what changes we need to see in the industry, and of course, we talked about how you can make adorable technical fabric completely biodegradable and circular. As you know, I'm a complete skeptic, so I kind of need to see it to believe it. So I'm really excited that Hanish got to share on-site examples of the fabric biodegrading. And if you want to see that on camera, then I would definitely recommend that you go onto the YouTube channel, that's the Nature Spired Podcast on YouTube, where you can see the on-site example of the fiber biodegradability. One last thing before we go forward with this interview, if you enjoy these episodes or you want to support the work that we're doing to advocate for transparency, circularity, innovation, and social change, it would mean a lot if you can contribute whatever you can to support our work on our website. I will leave all the links in the show notes. And if a monetary contribution isn't something that you're capable of doing, that's totally fine. We would love it if you could share our work, tag us, and um, really just keep the momentum going. All right, with that said, let's dive into this interview. Thank you so much, Hannes, for taking the time to join me on the podcast. I would love it if you could maybe share a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your role at um, Question and Banana Text before we even get started on the episode. Of course, I'm happy to do so. Thanks for inviting us. My name is Hannes Schoenecker. I'm uh, one of the co-founders and currently the CEO of Question, which is a Swiss-based bag brand. Um, as well as Bananatex, which is a spin-off company and a Swiss-based material innovation company. I can't wait to dig in and start talking about Bananatex and the benefits and innovation that this fiber can bring to the market. But before I do, I wanted to ask a few generalized questions. Um, So the first one I wanted to ask is, what do you believe is one of the biggest challenges we need to eradicate completely in fashion? It's a big one. (laughs) Yeah, it's a big one. I think um, I think it's three things. One, um, policy making needs to be changed drastically, uh, meaning there needs to be clear rules in regards to greenwashing, uh, in regards to real costs, uh, which means CO two taxes, in regards to the real cost of virgin plastic which is not taken into account. So all of that needs to be regulated much more strictly and clearly by policymakers. This is one. And uh, two, I think, is the behavior of consumers. The notion of how much do I need? What do I need? And um, the fast fashion you know, um, 
culture needs to change. And I think many people know that and maybe already started this process. Um, and three, I think innovation will be uh, play a big role in the future uh, of uh, fashion and textile industries, uh, meaning new fibers, new um, um, startups that take care of mycelium innovation or uh, proteins or enzymes that are used to create new materials. Uh, and in that particular um, area, I think nature will play the biggest role in being uh, the source that uh, already has almost everything that we need. We only need to um, yeah, understand that and explore it and, and use it. I wanted to um, ask a follow-up about the regulation side because that's like, I'm really passionate about that. Do you think there should be fines for people who do not follow regulation? And if so, how big? Well, I'm not a politician, uh, yeah. but I think we all agree that it's not fair to put um, a major portion of the costs onto everyone whereas uh, profits are made by a few. And um, if some materials have a huge impact uh, long-term on the cost side for society, then it, this has to be taken into account uh, in the beginning. And if people do not um, play by those rules, then uh, I think fines are proven to be a good mechanism for changing behave, behavior of people, right? Yeah, 100%. Um, I saw a quote on the question website, which said, and it really stuck out to me, um, and I'll quote it just so I don't get anything wrong. Um, it says, we believe a good answer is the right, is the result to the right question. And to find those answers, we question the norm of how things are designed and made. So keeping that quote in mind, I'd love to hear your futuristic ideas or your answers um, to what the future might look like, either for the textile industry or for fashion in general. I think um, this is a very challenging one because, of course, we don't have all the answers yet. We're on a constant journey, asking questions, uh, trying to find answers, and then we go on to the next one. But I think one thing is clear, I mean, at some point we have to be a, a circular element in this world, like we all do. So we have to consume in, in, a, in circles, we have to produce, think, uh, and act in circles. And um, at some point we have to reach that uh, level as, uh, as consumers. And I think the fashion industry needs to be part of that too. So this has to happen and uh, that means nothing else, but uh, we, we produce in cycles, we reuse stuff, we recycle with no quality loss, uh, or we are um, acting in natural cycles, which means natural fibers, no chemicals and giving back to nature at the end of the life cycle. That's an amazing answer to that very difficult question. Thank you so much. 
Um, I wanted to go on to talking about banana tech specifically, um, as that is probably what people are most excited about. Um, what inspired the approach to create textiles from the abaca tree uh, or the plant? And did you see this material being used maybe in a different uh, application that isn't textiles that inspired the inspiration or, or what was it? No, we really uh, were coming from a brand's perspective and we were looking for a good material that is plant-based, uh, which we wanted to use. And uh, what did we have in that, uh, at that time was cotton, which um, was the only real um, available source, but it's not perfect fiber for a bag, which has to be very sturdy and resilient, durable. So we were trying new ways and we worked with linen and bamboo and hemp and different other fibers. But uh, at some point we, we got in touch with the banana fiber, which is probably the most um, resilient fiber, natural fibers in the world, especially the abaca banana fiber, which is one kind of a banana plant. There are about 40, 50 kinds of bananas in the world. And we usually only eat two kinds yeah, um, in our Western world. So this special sword is called abaca. And the fibers are like two meters long, which was very um, a very good base for what we were looking for. And in addition to that, we understood the way it's cultivated. And that is a, a super big element of the whole impact and the footprint of the material. So this banana plant grows in a permaculture, so there's no chemicals involved and there are no fertilizers needed and not even water uh, because it's a, it's a forest and it's, it's rain fed. And all those aspects were uh, quite uh, convincing for us to, to find a way to make a technical textile out of it. And, and that has never been done before. So this was the challenge and this took us about three years to to go from fiber to some steps in between and, and eventually come up with a yarn that can be spun or woven into something useful. Wow, that's awesome. Um, so would you say that the most special thing about that plant is its resilience in its own environment or what makes it super special compared to the other 40 plus um, types of banana plants? It has the strongest fibers of all banana kinds and the longest. And uh, the fruit is not really delicious. Even the apes don't always eat it. Uh, so it's, it has a history for textile fiber extraction. Um, and that is what it was used for uh, for centuries, for shipping ropes and, and, and rather sturdy things. I mean, the fiber, you can look at it here, is really super long, yeah. very strong, but very rough as well. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Those properties really make them standing out uh, from what we were looking for. Wow, that's awesome. And um, from an environmental standpoint, I did want to ask how sustainable in the longevity of like production sense um, is the production of the fiber from an ecosystem or bio biodiversity standpoint. So from the cutting of the trees, how sustainable um, is it 
in order to get it back to its ecosystem. Because I know that regular trees, you cut them down like for 10 cell fibers, but then it takes like at least 20 years to get that, that fiber back to where it needs to be. What's the case or the lifespan for regeneration for the abaca tree? Okay, the abaca tree grows uh, up to 40 years and we actually don't harvest it at all. We only work with the side stems and every, every plant grows five, 10, sometimes 20 side stems, side stalks every year. And those um, grow bananas. And once the bananas are uh, will be ready, so to say, the, the, the stalk dies. And at that point, it gets chopped off, and then the fiber is extracted by peeling it off directly in the woods. Uh, so we do not cut off the plant. And uh, maybe you know the, the the home for that industry, which is it is already an industry, is the Philippines. And the, the fiber is used for paper making a lot. Mm. So there are about a million people in the Philippines involved in that mm. business, so to say. They cultivate abaca and they uh, do that in permaculture environments. So there are higher trees that give shade because this banana kind doesn't grow in direct sunlight, doesn't like direct sunlight. There are very often there is uh, other crops involved like mango or cocoa and um, uh, about 80% of rainforests are destroyed on the Philippines, which is uh, very sad, but uh, uh, those permaculture setups can be used or are used to reforest those areas. Uh, the banana tree has very strong roots, so it keeps soil from eroding, and therefore it is actually a positive contribution towards reforestation and therefore uh, to the biodiversity of those regions. Wow, I did not know that. That's incredible. So it's basically like, for those who are watching, it's kind of like, you know, this plant that I've got in my background. Um, it's kind of like one of those stems that has the leaf. That's what's cut down, not the actual plant itself. I am not sure if you have a banana plant. Oh no, this one's a fig, but it's kind of like, just like, okay. yeah, as an example for those who are watching. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, that's uh, how it, that's how it's made. We actually have um, put together a small documentary on, this, on our website where you can see how the setup in, in those agroforestry environments is and, uh, and how the fiber is extracted. So we, we took a team and, and a filming a team to the Philippines and we tried to show how it's, how it's going because it's a quite a, a complex story actually yeah. and therefore we thought it's super interesting and important to tell the story the way it is and make it transparent too. Yeah, that's actually what inspired me to reach out was that video because um, not a lot of brands or you know, fabric producers have that level of transparency all along the way. And I'll have it in the show notes for people who want to check it out. It's really an inspiring video, I would say. Um, and all the ones that you guys have on your website are, are really um, engaging, which is really nice. The filmography is amazing. Thank you. I will forward the nice feedback to our design and, uh, and our teams that are like behind all those productions and 
and concepts. Yes, please do. I love it. Um, I wanted to talk about the biodegradability of, of the final product. Um, so in order for, for example, a banana text bag or a product to biodegrade, what are the logistics for a customer to actually biodegrade this product? And it would be great if you could answer this question um, on a global scale. So if I'm a customer in North America and I bought this bag and it's kind of come to the end of its life, I can't repair it anymore, um, how do I uh, biodegrade it and also from someone in Europe as well. So uh, the the way the bags are designed is it, it's quite easy to remove the metal parts and the zipper and uh, everything that remains is actually fabric because even the webbings in our case uh, are made with bananatex fabric and um, we have tested different things. Uh, you can put it into your kitchen compost actually, and it will degrade in, let's say six weeks, eight weeks, something like that. We, we're doing our own tests here. Uh, if you want, I can show you. Yes, that would be awesome. Okay, so um... this is amazing. For those of you joining on YouTube, or if you're joining on Spotify, definitely come back to YouTube so you can see uh, the testing that Hannes is showing us. So we have buried uh, strips of banana tags in our uh, plant pots and uh, we were trying to see how much of it degrades in which time. And you can see all of that was not uh, more than one month in wow. soil. The initial length was like that and most of it is gone entirely. Here is the fabric that had uh, our permanent natural wax for water repellency and mm -hmm. those 10 didn't have it so you can see those are uh, biodegrading even faster but uh, but also those parts uh, you see they just uh, disintegrate and you can wow. just uh, um, that is incredible yeah and so um uh, we would recommend to just put it into your compost, but of course, it's very diff different uh, how it's organized in different regions of the world. I mean, it's a good point you make. Some people have their own composting process and some have like something in, a, in their community that uh, is picked up on a regular basis. Um, we must admit there is no sophisticated standard procedure yet for that. We know you can do that. We know you can put in your compost. We know it will be disintegrating very soon. But also we understand that uh, it could be an option to go into a recycling uh, process, uh, which we are testing at the moment. That means we take back the bag and we reproduce it into yarn which should be possible without actually a quality loss. Uh, mm, and then we could, could weave it back into, into fabric. Because uh, maybe I didn't fully explain that, but the fiber is further processed by cooking it into pulp sheets. Mm -hmm. They look like this. So it's a, it's a paper making process. And from that, uh, 
paper is made and it's slit into strips and the strips are twisted into the yarn. So what we would do is taking a backpack and make it into pulp sheets again. Wow. Wow, I didn't know that you could do that without quality loss. Uh, you would have, well, you have 100% cellulose in that material and you would just remain to have that. The specialty of that pulp and the yarn as well is that the fiber, the natural fiber itself is still uh, in, in that material up to two millimeters. And that gives it a certain strength that, that we need uh, for a backpack, for example. Wow, that's amazing. I haven't learned so much in an interview in a long time. So that is very exciting for me. Thank you so much. Um, I wanted to ask, uh, you mentioned about the waterproof repellent on the, uh, when you were showing us the biodegradable um, samples, how does the wax work and how is it non-toxic compared to other ones like the DWR coatings that are normally used that are typically toxic? Well, we have, I think you need to be very specific there. We have two treatments we usually put on our standard fabric. One is a DWR, mm -hmm. which um, is coming from Germany. It's called Bionic Dry, and it's actually a cradle-to-cradle -cradle certified solution. Mm -hmm. um, and the other one is a permanent wax coating we put on one side of the fabric. And that is also a German formula. It contains carnauba wax uh, and also beeswax. Mm. And it is a permanent um, two or three layer coating on the textile that wouldn't be, wouldn't, you wouldn't have to uh, reapply it like on a barber check. If you would probably do that, but not on, a, on that because it's, it's a permanent layer or more than one uh, on top of the fabric. And yeah, we're having, we're having a few discussions with, the, for example, the vegan community about the 24% beeswax, which is in it. Um, mm -hmm. And we understand uh, there is a lot of, um, let's say, discussions going on. Um, but in our case, that was the alternative to plastic-based coatings. And so for us, it was, uh, it was like the sustainability decision to go with something like that instead of plastic. Yeah, um, I, I totally see that. And as a vegan myself, um, I, I still see that point of view of, yes, protect the bees, but also um, the alternative if we don't use that, at least right now, is way worse. So personally, even though I myself have been, have been a vegan for six years, I would still go for the beeswax alternative um, because I know the impact that plastic-based products or coatings have. And not only from like the extraction point of view, but also um, the way that they're processed and the, the human impact that has as well. Um, on the people who have to process those chemicals and make it functional. So um, yeah, I can definitely see how that can be a cause for controversy, but it's our solution right now. Um, when I'm talking, when we're talking about the, the fiber itself, uh, is this 
fiber available to any brand? And if so, if it is it available to any brand internationally, or is it just for question? No, we uh, well, our goal is to cause positive change. So that is really the ultimate motivation for us to do what we do. So we 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 announced quite early on that we're happy to share this innovation with other brands and. Um, we thought there will be like maybe a few accessory brands who come up and then want to try it. But in fact, uh, we received an overwhelming amount of requests from all sorts of industries and, and brands who wanted to see and test the material. And um, it was so overwhelming that we decided to uh, create a known company that can only focus on that hmm. uh, also developing it further i mean we're only at the beginning we we, we started knitting we started shaka weaving uh, there's so many options with dyeing and finishing and, and different constructions and weights and, and yarn counts and so on so uh, all of that is a whole a, a whole new universe for us and um, we started sharing it and we see a lot of different projects coming to life. You can already buy furniture with banana text and shoes. You can uh, also get in the market. Um, we work with automotive, uh, fashion, obviously, and many others. Wow, that's that, incredible. That's fun. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. I wanted to ask uh, from a wider standpoint, not just from like the technical apparel side, uh, is it possible to create this fiber into a more lightweight version? So for example, for loungewear or athletic wear, um, because most athletic gear is made from polyester um, and it's usually like a polyspandex mix and it's a lot softer and the feel is just not as um, it doesn't have that high of a tensile strength. Is it possible to create that kind of material with um, this fiber? Well, to be very honest, every fiber, every natural fiber, uh, in spe specifically has obviously its own properties and also boundaries. Mm -hmm. um, Banana Tex is a sturdy uh, fiber and it doesn't have a lot, lot of elasticity mm -hmm. so uh, yes we did uh, make finer and lighter uh, movements with lighter yarns we're currently testing uh, rain jackets with that and also mm -hmm. and, and other fashion um, apparel like jackets pants shorts things like that uh, loungewear, I'm not so sure yet because this is still a different hand feel to mm -hmm. cotton or something that contains uh, elastan or, or those technical fibers. So um, I, I don't think that it can replace all existing uh, fibers in the market, but there's certainly a niche and a, a quite a big a place for uh, for materials that come from the banana fiber. Yeah, 100%. I had a feeling that would be a very challenging question um, because seeing the process of how it's made, it's very sturdy, uh, but I thought I'd give it a shot anyways. No, and that's cool. I mean, we, we try to explore what we can do. Like you can see here, we have knitted a shoe 
Oh, wow. And by making constructions like that, you can actually create oh, a lot a of elasticity, a lot of stretch, yeah, um, which the fiber doesn't have, but the construction gives it to a product. Um, there's quite a lot of different things we probably um, will be able to accomplish with that fiber and with banana text, but uh, there will also be areas that are just impossible from an expectation standpoint in regards to properties, uh, various specific standards and all of that. But the, the like a variety of innovations from different sources and fibers will, will make the difference, not just the banana fiber. Yeah, for sure. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about your guys's tagline, which is a textile revolution with the R in black brackets. So kind of like revolution, evolution. I love that. What kind of evolution or revolution are you um, aiming to create? Um, I know you mentioned that you guys are aiming to create positive change. Um, but to what extent, when you think about the next 10 years, the next 15 years of the Banana Tech's uh, company, um, what kind of action would you like to inspire and see change? Well, for us, to, going back to the first part of your question, for us, um, it is definitely an evolution after making lots of different um, projects in different fiber worlds. We uh, created um, a European supply chain, fully European su supply chain with organic hemp uh, about 10 years ago. And that was also like a challenge that took like two to three years. So for us, it's, it, it was one next step in our search for good answers and for good materials. Um, but at the same time, having now a Jersey t-shirt made 100% from banana fibers is kind of a revolutionary feel. And yeah. when we meet people at trade shows or talk to brands, they always come up like, uh, yeah, what is the composition? How much uh, is the percentage of your fiber? And you say like it's a 100% t-shirt, then uh, people are like, wow, that's so amazing. I've never saw that before. My In boy. that sense, it's more a revolution. And that's why we kind of try to combine those two words. Um, I think in a perfect world, we will be able to scale up the sourcing to a certain extent, uh, still enhancing social standards, biodiversity in, in the areas where it's cultivated, um, create the maximum efficiency throughout the supply chain uh, with the least amount of waste and um, and the, the smallest possible uh, ecological footprint when it comes to water, energy, CO2, and all of that. Um, and uh, hopefully we can motivate many brands to work with it from luxury to automotive, from furniture to other bag brands. We're happy to share with everyone um, when the intentions are honest and long-term oriented, uh, we would not be happy to see banana text just in a capsule project uh, and then uh, gone. it's gone. That's not what we aim for. 
That's amazing. I had a different question, but you ended it very well. So I think I'm going to end it right there. Um, before we go, though, I would love to see if you could tell um, the audience either the brands that are listening, how can they get involved with Banana Tax? And for the individuals that are listening, how can they get involved with the brand question? Sure. So um, Banana Tax, uh, we have created a website with all the information. It's, uh, it's bananatex.info. You can get in touch with our team through that official uh, form on the website. We also have the hello at bananatex.info uh, email address. So should be easy to get in touch with us. It usually takes a few days until we come back, but uh, um, we will. Uh, and for question, I mean, the, the back brand, we're uh, having our own sales channels. We have a few flagship stores, uh, our own e-commerce. It's question.com, but uh, the, the brand is written differently. So it's qwstion.com. Uh, but Google knows, even if you type it uh, incorrect, and we will refer you to our brand. We also have a, a variety of retailers you can find in our store finders. Um, yeah, just get in touch. We're always happy to share and uh, tell our story. Well, thank you so much for uh, quite the inspiring episode, honestly. I feel I've worked a lot in the fashion sustainability and the policy and the business side a lot. Um, but my my passion comes from, you know, creating and textiles and design. And I feel like this conversation really inspired that. Um, so I really thank you for sharing what you guys are doing and the change that you're making in the fashion industry. It's really important. And yeah, I want to thank you again for joining. It was so great having you on the podcast. Thanks for inviting us um, and all the best.